0: to so many people you know lifelong uh, Cubs fans it's our happy place it doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field and you guys are
1: amazing at what you do and that's the thing is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful they go beyond when you see the same faces year after year after year in the same sections it makes you feel it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion
2: every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley field tour because there's nothing better to do to be in Chicago and you all made that possible
1: Like I said, these are not just employees, in my opinion. They're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball. They love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network, We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark.
0: And uh, I'm entitling this probably, I'm going to call it Probably Beyond Illinois, because my guest today um, worked for the Cubs, but does not live technically in Illinois, which is a question everybody wanted me to ask when they found out I was going to be interviewing her. (laughs) So without further ado, welcome, Margaret. Margaret, how's it going?
2: It's going fine. It's a little bit cold here, but it's cold in Chicago, too. And there, of course, is Massachusetts.
0: Yes, and I want to go straight to that question because everybody wants me to ask you about how did did it even begin that somebody who lives there in Massachusetts comes to work for the Cubs?
2: Well, if I back it up a little bit, it's, I went to school, grew up in Western Massachusetts and big high school, 600 kids. I was very quiet, which some people today wouldn't believe, Daryl especially says I never stopped talking, (laughs) but I'm making up for all those early years. And so my mom and guidance counselor chose a school, small school, downstate Illinois. And that's where I went to get my degree in education. And after college, I moved up to the Chicago area, lived in Evanston, um, taught school in one of the suburbs. But in between that time, I came home to my friend's wedding and met my future husband. So at one point, he came out to visit me. And I said to my roommate, what do I do with this guy? She said, take him to a Cubs game. (laughs) so 1970 June 20th we came down took the red line down it was called A or B line back then and bought a ticket on site to a Cardinals game on a Saturday Oh wow! 1970 well you know what happened in 69 so nobody really was going to the games in 1970 but it was it was our very my first and his very first professional ball game so I got to see Ron Santo play and Billy Williams I didn't see Ernie but now, that was my first game, and I fell in love with the Cubs. After I ended up marrying the guy, I moved back east, back home. And the Cubs had a minor league team in my area, in my, actually the city I grew up in. So to me, that was a great release from work because at that point, I wasn't teaching, we had a business. And I laugh and say, I couldn't yell and scream at the employees or the customers, but I could yell and scream and cheer with the cubs players and our business supported that pro that minor league team and then as we started to travel for business if we were in a city with a major league stadium we made sure we had time to go to a game and so and if the cubs were playing all that much better and we would travel the east coast to go to games that cubs played, even montreal when it was against the expos that don't exist anymore except in washington but so it was just something that. Yeah, I fell in love back in 1970 with the Cubs. And um, we bought a condo in Chicago in 2005 because we were both out here so much for business and our son was living here. And of course bought a condo without knowing it, it was three blocks from Wrigley. So of course, any chance we had, we went to games and just got talking to an usher one day. And I said, how do I become an usher? Go pick up an application. You could do that. It was a paper application back then. so you just went to fan services and picked it up, filled it out, had an interview. And as they say, that's the rest of the story.
0: <laughs> now, you recently came to my house. So is the condo that you're referring to, the one across the street that you showed me?
2: Yes, yes. That's how close I was, yeah.
0: Now, tell our audience, because you've been here and you've seen uh, my Cubs room that Kathy right. did. So tell them what you thought about the room when you came to my house. What do you think about it?
2: Oh, it's great. You have to see it in person. I see so many of Kathy's pictures, you know, with her photos. And it's just, it's fantastic. I mean, she does fantastic work, but you feel like you're right there inside stadium with the ivy and the pole and the bricks. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's it's ideal for you, especially with doing the Zoom meetings. It's an ideal backdrop for mistaken identity with the Cubs. It's great.
0: Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, So let's go back a little bit. Uh, Tell me about, uh, tell me about starting a business. A lot of people, you know, uh, aren't lucky enough to do that. So what was it like uh, starting a business, starting your own business? Well,
2: um, my husband and father bought a Culligan business in New York State, just over the border from Massachusetts, where we were living. And then that was in 74. I believe I got married in seventy one, so that was in seventy four. We moved to Hudson. Um, we bought out his father, so we had the business, and then the dealership in Massachusetts became available, and so we decided, why not? They abut each other. They we bought the second dealership in Massachusetts. Um, it meant that I did not re- return to teaching, and I was teaching a nursery school at that point, and. We just worked the two dealerships. We moved to Lenox in the early 80s. The kids asked if we were just gonna move back and forth every 10 years, (laughs) but we basically stayed in Massachusetts for the rest of the time. And yeah, it was hectic at time with kids and running your own business, but I would tell them that, you know, for all the times that we can't be for them, can't be there for them, You know, we could take time off in the middle of the afternoon and go to their ski races or their football games where a lot of other parents couldn't. And so that was a plus. But they also said, yeah, the only reason they learned how to ski was because we sent them to our local ski hill on Saturdays so we could go to Saturdays and work, (laughs) go into the office on Saturdays. So there's pros and cons trying to run your own business and raise a family. But for us, it, it ended up being, it was a successful thing. We sold the New York one in 05 and we sold the Lennox one, which we referred to as mine in 13. But when I went to work for the Cubs, I'm in 08. So that was three years after we sold what we called Charlie's business. I sold, told him I was promoting him to manager of mine so that I could gradually retire and then after we sold, so I was working just like part time, the minimum number of games for a few years, but then when we sold the Lennox, Massachusetts one in 13, then I was able to say, okay, I'm going to do all all the games.
0: It's um, interesting it's, you know, that you said, you know, you brought up um, uh, kids and not having time. But I was I'm just having this conversation at the beginning of the year because you know I'm always doing something, as you know, I'm here, right? And, um, and Jordan, you know, is like, well, you know. My, do I get any time? Whatever. So I, I see, <laughs> I, I feel your pain. So now we have a dedicated day, one once a month, called Sunday. Sunday, S O N. Yes, that's the day that I don't do anything for anybody else. Because whenever, whenever anybody calls me, I'm either raising money or answering questions. Like I'm always doing something. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I am learning now that you know you have to give you know your kids some time. You have to give right. them some time. Right. <laughs> you can't be so business minded that you're just ignoring them. So. I'm glad you brought that up. Now, you actually, um, you actually are in premiere now, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So, for those that are uh, listening to the podcast who may not be familiar with the uh, Cubs, was there any transition for you between moving from just being a well, at first it was an usher, then it was guest services to premiere? Was there, is there any difference at all, or is it just the same? Well, with the
2: premiere, you're going to know the key number of people that are sitting in those first seven rows that are the 1914 Club where I am. You're not going to get to know them all because a lot of them are owned by businesses. So they're going to have clients that come in, employees that come in, suppliers that they give their tickets to. Um, but there are some, and you get to know, oh, you're sitting in XYZ company seats. I'm glad that you're here, have a good time. Um, but otherwise, it's not that much different. I mean, we all Started off taking tickets at the gate, handing out promos. When the gate had most people in, then we went up to the Mez level. I loved working the Mez level. I learned a lot up there. And I worked the bridge to the suites for a couple of years. And then I gradually moved down to the 100 level and then down to that lower bowl level. And um, at that point, they moved us around. They didn't want one person being at the same aisle all the time because they felt that people might ask you favors because they got to know you and then when they decided to put the clubs in they came around and asked you if you thought you could handle having the same people all the time and I said oh I'm sure I could do that and then we had to interview for the premier position I think you still have to interview that today even though you've you've been working there for a while and so I decided to to go for it and came out here to do the I uh, came out to Chicago to do the interview. And Chicago had one of their snowiest weekends of that year. <laughs> so they decided to postpone it until the following Friday. Now, luckily Charlie had come out with me. He had retired so that we just stayed there for the week. And other people may not have been able to do that. They may have had other plans, but stayed out for the, the week and you know did the audit, the um, premier usher interview. And of course, I hadn't interviewed in years. I mean, I interviewed before I took the job in '08, and even that was awkward because I was always on the other side of doing the interviewing. Uh-huh. And and then this was almost like um, speed dating because you just move from table to table to table to person, and um, so it was different, but it was fun. But no, um, I think I, I if I was put back to the 100 level or had to go up and help somebody at the mes level. Um, I wouldn't mind it because it's, you're working with the fans and that's the best part of it. And then the other employees, of course, have always have your back. And so no matter where you are in the ballpark, you're going to have fun and you're going to be able, it's the same job, you know, it's just, you're working with a set group of people that you're going to see often, but that's up. You have season ticket holders in the 200 level that you see all the time for the 100 level. Even now, I still call it the three and four, more, I call it the four and 500 level, still three and 400 level season ticket holders up there that, that are diehard. They're there every game. So that part of it really doesn't make a difference.
0: Now, I had the, I rarely ever go to the game. I'll I just say I work so much. I'm always doing something, but I had the pleasure of going to a game last season and I sat in your section. <laughs> um, I think it was until the end of the year, but I had a, 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 the 1914 club, experience right. and it was awesome in that experience and I actually got to watch you um work which is very uh interesting to uh see but uh it was I I must say that uh, uh you know I was there actually I was there with Jordan and uh right. great, area, great seat but it was a very impressive to see how the people in that section respond to you and how you respond to them and I just thought it was it was a, a classic lesson on customer service that I was really impressed by at the game
2: that day. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, when watching football and there were some replays and videos, and Charlie said, you know, what did you think? Did the guy, did he fumble the ball? Did he keep the ball? You know, football this weekend. But people will ask me, I go down to the wall whenever anything's being reviewed when the game's not in play. And people will ask me, you know, what do you think? I said, Well, I really didn't see it. Well, there, it's up on the video. And what do you think? Well, I don't want to make a call, you know, and I don't if they think it was safe. I don't want to tell them I don't think it was safe, or they didn't make. It. Um, so I just say, well, I not Well, I don't know. I think they're going to have a hard time deciding on that one, and then whichever way they decide it, I'll say, yeah, I, I think that's probably the right call, you know. And I, I won't put myself out there and make a call because I represent the Cubs. Not, well, the Cubs usher said, you know, that he was safe, you know, or you know, whatever it is. So that's the only thing I really find I have to be careful on in going down to the wall between every inning. People at the 100 level get to stay up there. You know, the 200 level, they stay. So they're not gonna have that intense, well, what do you think? They may get that question, but right down there, there are people that, you know, you don't wanna put yourself in the um, position of being an expert and being able to make the right call. So, but otherwise I'd love going down and talking to all the people. And I love kids when they come in, that's, that's great, especially the first-timers. In no, the back, back seven rows, you'll get a lot of first-timers. Um, Even in the club seats, you'll get first-timers because they bought their ticket online mm. and they they didn't realize what they were buying. And they come in and they have their, their drinks and their hot dogs and everything they bought at the concession stand. And I'm walking them down, wait a minute, I gotta look at their ticket again. Maybe I read it wrong. No, nope, they're in premiere. And so then when they get seated, I'll say, okay, now let me tell you what's so special about these seats. We're gonna get you a wristband and you're never gonna to have to spend any more money on food today. You know, And they they love that because a lot of people don't know what they've bought.
0: Yes, and knowing me, as you know, I went straight to the food when I got there. I went straight for the right, food. Right, right.
2: <laughs> Frank and his food, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, but, I, but I've noticed that your section is prime real estate because as I was there as a fan, Right behind me was Gallagher Way Insurance and their CEOs and their directors. Yes. And then yes. right in front, I saw Crane Kinney. And then I see, yes. I, I saw Ty Ricketts. I'm like, I'm sitting in the middle of all these people. Um, I couldn't yep. believe the clientele that was in my section that day I was sitting there.
2: Right, now the first two rows belong to the Ricketts. So they're gonna be a lot of his friends, people that he does business with and the like, yes. And you know, I've had the mayor in my section um, you know, and other dignitaries from the city will be there too. And you, but you treat them all the same. They're all fans and they're there. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do anything more for them or less for them. I'm, I'm doing the same, but I mean, if they make a special request, I'm going to do my hardest to get it filled. And know, just like I would if somebody anywhere else in the ballpark.
0: Uh, Yes. It was funny because uh, the guys from Gallagher insurance that were sitting behind us, um, whenever somebody would come down like Grand Kenny or somebody you know, yeah. they would say who's that who's that so Jordan turned around and was naming everybody oh this is this person and it's that person and they're like <laughs> well who are you and he's like oh we work here and then thing you know we're asking questions all day because Jordan told them that we work here now right 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 it was such a nice like, it was a business card it was it, it was really it's a lot of business was taking place in that section between any yes, yes 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 yeah. well
2: anyway, they'll sometimes give me a business card um, you know, so I can go down to their place and get some free food or hot dogs or whatever, but I've never taken them up on any of that. So I haven't had a chance to, if they've asked me. Um, and then I'll say, well, I live in Massachusetts. So when the Cubs aren't playing, I go home. I mean, that's not exactly the truth. If, they're, if the Cubs are on the road for five days, that's two days of traveling. One to travel home and one to travel back. It's not worth it to try to fly home for three days. So I don't go home every time. But if there's a long break, then I will.
0: So let's go back to the year that the pandemic came and uh, everything sort of changed. Um, what changed for you during the start of the pandemic? You know, there's no baseball, Like, what, what changed for you?
2: The pandemic changed, um, well, I think just like with the fans, having to watch the games at home, um, and I had to get the um, MLB network on my laptop because in Massachusetts, I wasn't gonna get any of them. Um watching it from home is not the same. And people will tell me, "How can you like baseball? It's like watching paint dry or it's <laughs> like watching grass grow." And I say, "No. When you are at the stadium, the time goes so quickly. But when you're watching it at home and they have to break up with all these commercials and everything, well that's when I'm also sometimes the busiest once the game starts is be- between innings when they're showing their commercials because I'm down answering questions, you know, following up on things that I told people I'd follow up on, going down to the wall. Um, so the time goes very quickly, but it was hard not being at the stadium. And then when we came back, it was at
1: 25%. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Use a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code quickstart. That's pair.com slash free promo code quickstart to get started today.
0: I think that there, there are two things that I would say were the hardest parts for me uh, during that time. And one, it was uh, the Cubs convention. I think I sort of feel like the Cubs convention, yes. welcome back to uh, Wrigley. It's almost like the, the, your, I hate to say it, but like your high school reunion, sort of when you yes. go to the convention. Uh, so that was one for me. And the other one was the, the people that we lost. Uh, during the pandemic um, that I couldn't either attend the funeral or I couldn't say goodbye to or right. Um, right. you wanted to be around other people from Wrigley. Uh, so the convention and the one that we lost, those affected me. What about you?
2: Very much so. It was like a big family reunion. And I'm so glad that you did it with the blessing of the Cubs because we didn't see them at all in 19. So the convention in January, of, no, we didn't see them all in 20, 20. So that in 2021, that January convention meant so much to everybody, and the topics were so different, and everybody could pick what they wanted. Most of us, I think, did them all. Um, they they were great. It was so good being able to touch, you know, and see people again. And then with no con- and then, convention this year was just as valuable because, you know, we see each other every January, you know, and now we had seen each other all season this year still we're used to that January, being able to touch base and find out how everybody's fall has been. And, you know, are you vacationing and just touching and, you know, finding out how babies are like with Chloe, you know, and it's, so I really have loved having these conventions when the convention has had to be canceled because of COVID. And I love seeing all the season ticket holders again at convention, you
0: know, yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like for me um, at work, in my supervisor role i don't get to um i don't get to really uh get to know each person individually right but it's at the convention or all these off season events that you get to know about like i yes. if it wasn't with this podcast i would have never known that toya uh, almost went into labor on the terrace like i would have right. never
2: known that I, I i didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know that had happened cuz you know i'm not out there you know so you
0: know. right and i feel like uh you know uh the pandemic, one, of the, one thing that is positive from the pandemic is that now we're getting to learn more about each other. Things that we didn't even know, we're now able to get to know. So that's one bright side out of the <laughs> pandemic. Are there, any, are there any bright sides for you from the pandemic? Bright
2: sides to the pandemic. Well, I learned how to, I could pick up a, a lot of books that first year. A lot of novels i have been meaning to read. And I did pick up the Louise Penny series and read from book one, right up to, I think it was her 13th book came out that fall, um, puzzles, a lot of puzzles. (laughs) Um, but it was hard not even being able to see family, you know, and just, you know, Easter time that year, you know, like they said, I was the Easter bunny because I have family in three different houses that are fairly close to us. And so I made, the ham and the potatoes and everything for easter and put it together in a meal and then went house to house they knew i was coming and dropped it off you know so you had to be creative and trying to keep in touch with family and friends but um you know i think it's the virus is always going to be here i don't think it's ever really going to go away it's going to be like the flu that's my opinion but um you know i think we're going to be wearing masks for a while until people are completely vaccinated or people are not dying from covid you know, I don't know if I'll, if we get an option of wearing a mask or not at Wrigley. You know, I may choose to, even though I'm fully vaccinated. I'm not sure yet how I'm going to feel about this spring.
0: Now, before the pandemic, were you a podcast listener to just in general podcast? Or, or or is the pandemic something that brought to you podcast? Oh,
2: yeah. Podcasts are definitely something that came out of the pandemic. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't know what they were. Um, my favorite little bookstore here in Lenox. He did a podcast, um, and I, I I watched that one. But other than that, I hadn't seen any. And so, yeah, I've seen one of Cheryl's. I've seen a lot of yours. I haven't gotten them all done. The last one I just did was of you and your son when he came back from Hawaii. That was a fun one. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so I, you know, um, but, yes, no, I had not – I. I'd heard of them, but I thought, well, that's that's the younger people. That's the thing they're doing now. And us older people, we don't do that, but we do. (laughs) A lot of us have gotten used to doing podcasts. And I don't do like audio books. It's hard for me to sit and listen to a book on a headset. I want to read the pages. But I have gone in and I've downloaded the book that you've recommended about the rowing team. But I haven't started reading it yet or listening to it yet. I've got to find devoted time to sit down. And actually, no, I'm going to listen because when you read a book, if something interrupts you, you stop and you can go back a few pages to catch up to where you were. And I don't know if you can do that with the audiobooks or not, because I haven't tried it yet, but I'm willing to try. Always willing to try new things.
0: Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the book club. I think it's a cool idea uh, that somebody came up with. And, um, you know, whenever I hear a cool idea, I have like to run with this. <laughs> right.
2: Try it out. <laughs>
0: Uh, I was telling uh, Daniel Feingold, uh, he that right, phrase, you should do the picnic. and like, don't give me an idea, because if I get an idea, I'm going to say.
2: Right, <laughs>
0: right. i roll with it. Um, now, there's a question I ask everybody. I'm going to ask you. Where were you at? What were you doing when the Cubs won the World Series?
2: Oh, I think everybody remembers that. Although, Game 5 at Wrigley Field was a pretty exciting game. When we knew that meant we were going to Cleveland for the last two games. Um, I reserved my seat at the bar with several friends at Toons, the bar over on Southport, um, but just up on Southport before the post office at three o'clock in the afternoon to be able to get a good seat. And when the rain started at midnight, my back was killing me and my throat was getting, not not, my throat wasn't getting dry, but my um, getting sore from yelling and screaming at the television set. And so I walked home and I said, oh, this rained way, I can't sit here any longer. And I walked home, turned the television on just as they got back onto the field and won. So I was home by myself when they won. But I was not home by myself watching the game, the whole game.
0: Now, I, as you may have heard, uh, my heart couldn't take it. So I missed um, <laughs> the final out because I turned the TV off. I just couldn't. Right. I just couldn't, but I, you know, when I I had the horn and the siren, I'm like, oh, okay, we must have, we must have won. Now, was there any crying on your behalf when they won the World Series?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Just something you never thought you'd see. Now, when I, (laughs) when I walked down Southport, it was beautiful weather that night and people were still sitting out at the little restaurants on Southport. And I turned the corner onto Waveland. So you know where that is. I mean, two blocks away from where Lakewood, where I lived and you live now. And I could see police cars and the lights on. And I'm going, why are the, why are all the police here? You know, was there a vehicle accident on the corner? No. Margaret, no, they're policing because of Wrigley, because we're gonna win. You better get upstairs and turn <laughs> up on a television set. You know, so, um, but no, it was, it was very emotional. It really was.
0: So I wanna end on this question here. Tell me, uh, out of all the season that you worked, all the games that you worked. Uh, not including the World Series, what uh, are a few games that stand out in your memory that you would never forget?
2: Um, one of them, and don't ask me the date. We had one of them, and I can't remember the name now or the team we were playing. But their pitcher, the opposing team's pitchers, had a no-hitter, and I was down by aisle 19 in the cross aisle, and all of a sudden, the I think it was um, Lloyd was there next to me. And he, Margaret, do you know what's happening? And I said, no, what do you mean? We're going into a no-hitter. And I said, oh yeah, really? Wow, you know, watched it. So every year on that anniversary, he comes by and he says, this is the anniversary of our being together when so-and-so got their no-hitter. So it's just, that's a little funny story because he had to go home and tell his wife that you know, he was celebrating with me and every year he remembers that. But one of my other memorable games was the one, I think it was the same year, that Mateo had a grand slam and I was up at the top of the stairs at 200 near the family section and I wasn't I couldn't pay attention to the game you can't see it that well plus I'm not supposed to be watching the game <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at the ribbon along the top of the, the 300 level and I'm going that can't be right and I'm trying to look down and count the numbers on the scoreboard and I thought that they were putting too many runs up or something, and I the numbers are supposed to go the other way, and then all of a sudden everybody's screaming and yelling, and I had to go ask the fan in the back row what had happened, and Montero had hit the Grand Slam, and we won the game you know but and and so to tell you what game that was and what year it was, I don't remember I mean in the history books it's there um the games all sort of can blend together sometimes, but um. I keep a journal. I keep a journal when I move to Chicago. I don't keep one here at home. So I can always look up something like that. But I just know I had to ask the, the fans in that back row who have been season ticket holders for like 30, 40, 50 years. And they always kid me about it when I see them. You know, you're watching the game today. You're going to pay attention today so you know what's going on. And a lot of times, yeah, my attention is, go- is turned away from the game to help other fans. But um, those two games stand out. Um, I remember the game when um, was it Derek Lee? They decided to let him go, and I was over on the first base side. But you see again, the scores, win or lose, I don't necessarily remember. But I had loved Derek Lee, and you know, let him go. And Tom Ricketts walked by, and I, I said that um, I'm not sure that that was a good move, but that would be okay. You know, and he just said, well, some things have to happen. And then I think it was, you see, even a manager's name. I don't, that he, he, oh, what was, what was the manager's name? And he left to take care of his family in Florida. And um, so he left early and it had been announced and Tom Ricketts came by then too. And I said, what another hard decision. And he just laughed and said, yes, unfortunately it was, but I said, I respect you for letting him go, you know, because that was what he had to do. And it's funny, I can't remember so you know i can remember moments and the emotions in the in the time but i ne- don't necessarily remember names i'm i'm not one of the guys that has all the statistics up in their head that they can just spit out like they a book i don't i don't have that capability and i love the games i love the players but i think the real big reason that i love working there is the fans and the people i work with
0: Now, speaking of Derek Lee, real quick, who is your favorite Cub of all time and why?
2: Favorite Cub of all times? On the field and off the field, I would have to say, is probably Anthony Rizzo, just because of how he dealt with the other players, his skill in playing baseball, how he made us laugh and cheer, but how he also donated so much of his time and his energy to his foundation and what he did for the kids of Chicago who were sick and in the hospital. And the Zoom meeting that you did last year on that, it was a case of he would go in every time he was here, when he had a day, he would go into the hospital to meet with the kids. Only once a year would he allow media in. And that was when he was doing the video for his charity. You know, he didn't want the publicity. So to me, he, that's a well-rounded, a well-rounded person. He was more than just a baseball player, and for that, you know, I think Anthony Rizzo comes out for me one of my
0: favorites. Okay. so I want to do one more because I'm, uh, I I had this on my list, but uh, so every first Monday of the month, I believe, uh, a bunch of staff they get together and they go to Dags for right pizza and. Uh, I just happened one day to walk by with Kathy Wheatley, and uh, you know, as a surprise, I walked in and everybody thought, oh my god, it's Frank, and it, it, was, just, it was just a great uh, time to be there. I even told Jordan, you got to come down to this place. It's, it's an okay. amazing atmosphere. So for those that I do not know about uh, the Dags um, the uh, dinner first of the month, tell us, tell everybody why you go.
2: Well, I'm not always in town for them, of course. And they don't do them in, during the season. So it's a way for some of the Cubs staff just to touch base, you know, at once a month when we're not at the ball games. And now, of course, we've been touching base during this convention period with all of us. But now February and March, that first Monday, there's there's no going, game going on. There's no games during the month. So it's a way of just keeping in touch with everybody. And yeah, we can follow them on Facebook and the like, but it's just a way of being close. And this, that's it. We're, the, the people that we work with is just having pizza and enjoying it. And I've only gotten to two of them this year, you know, be, since we, they, that would be October, November, December, January, you know, because of my timing of being out in Chicago. But it, it's great that people can get together like that and just share good food and conversation.
0: Yes. I love it so much. So that uh, Jordan and I, when we do go there one day, uh, we're going to actually um, pay the bill. We're going to take care of the bill for everybody. It's <laughs> such a great thing uh i love the support of the people that are there most of them listen to the podcast so right. uh, we're not, not going to say when it's going to be a surprise but when we oh, go right. down there uh we're going to cover the bill
2: yeah um, but once, a- once april comes in no i'm going to say we're going to have our opening day on april 4th
1: yes. um <laughs>
2: yeah if we do that you know then they won't be doing it during the season so it's yeah. an off- as i understand it it's an off-season thing that they do so but i'm hoping for an april 4th opening i've booked my flight to go out. So hopefully we'll be doing some training this year that we can do it as a group because we learn from each other when we're actually physically together and and start the season off right.
0: Now, do you go to spring training?
2: I have gone to spring training the last two years. I haven't. In 2020, we went out early. We went the end of February. We usually go out in March. And COVID was becoming to be a problem. Becoming to be, yeah, was coming was becoming. And our last game was on that Sunday. There was no game on Monday. Tuesday, we flow home. And Wednesday, uh, Thursday, they canceled spring training. So we were glad we went out in February. Um, We did not go out um, last year. And we decided not to go out this year still with COVID. It's one thing for me to fly back and forth from Albany to Chicago, an hour and a half flight you know, time in the gates, you know, but and I wear my 1095 when I'm flying. But to try to take a flight that's going to take me from Albany all the way out to Phoenix, um, being in the ballpark with people not wearing a mask. Um, we usually choose Airbnbs to stay in, we don't know those people. So we just decided it wasn't going to be a practical or safe thing to do this year. But hopefully next year, because the warmer weather is definitely a plus to going out there. But, and again, the people, some of our staff is out there. So you, you get to see them. And um, it's generally a very good time. And so I'm looking forward to getting back to that next year.
0: Um, I feel like I, I'm holding you too long with all these questions. I got one more. So You always
2: um, say one more.
0: Yes, it comes to my head. But, but it's about Club 400. Now, Club 400, I talk about all the time. I love Stu. I think it's a really oh, yeah. got their own party there. And you actually got to go, I believe, for the uh, Cubs convention party that he had down there what was your experience like at the first timer at club 100
2: oh that was yeah it was january 15th it was the cubs club what would have been cubs convention weekend and i signed up to go because swindell was going to be there and i like you had taken a day off last year to be a fan at the ballpark now i had not gone as a fan to the ballpark since i started in 08 and um i had seats in the upper 200 level which were fine but Jimmy, who works in the family section, when he saw me, he said, Where are you going? And I said, Well, I'm point should we show him the tickets? He said, No, 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 Margaret, you're family. So you're sitting up near me. I may have to move you, but you know, you're gonna sit up near me. Well, Windell's family was there and all of his friends that weekend, that, that 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 weekend, and they were sitting in front of me and they were holding up a hand, paper cardboard hands that were good play, thumbs up or bad ones, thumbs down, and we were booing them whenever they put the thumbs down. <laughs> and then walking home, I was not in uniform and I was walking with somebody in uniform and I said, is that Swindell walking into Murphy's? Yeah, I think it was. I say, hold my stuff. And I ran over and went into Murphy's. His friends were there who recognized us, me. And I said, OK, I put up with you all game. You've got to put up with me now. Here's my camera. Take a picture of me and Frank the Tank. And they did. And of course, my son, when he saw mom, you were in Murphy's and you didn't have a mask on. You know, he read me about that. So when I heard he was going to be out there, that was the time for me finally to make the commitment to go out. My husband was with me. It was my birthday. So it was just a fun event to go to. And yes, I had seen pictures. I'd heard about it, but I was overwhelmed. It is a man cave to beat all man caves. Everybody is so friendly the people that you had done on the podcast that like Crawley and that group before a couple of them were out there. And so I got to really talk to them and, you know, and then the the question and answer at the, at the end between Ron Coomer and Frank, it was great. Plus I got an autograph. Plus I got my Schwindel shirt over an obvious shirts. I picked that up. So it was, it was great. And people can say it's expensive, but when you realize what you're donating to, of Cubs fans helping Cubs fans and and the food and the friendship and it, it was a great great evening and I would recommend it to anybody if they have the opportunity to attend one.
0: Yes he's working on he's working on getting uh, Jason Hayward there and I'm gonna be oh. at,
2: at <laughs> I, I, yeah I'm it's gonna be hard for me not to go now that I've gone once.
0: Yes. Yeah you know, so yeah. So now it come to the point and it's time for you to uh, hopefully win a prize for one of our Patreon members and new segment we have at the end of every podcast. I'm going to ask oh. our guests a question out of this bowl here. Uh, the member is uh, Belinda Ivetic, hopefully I said that right. And uh, yeah. Margaret going to put a question out of this bin. These are questions all related to mistaken identity. And uh, if you get the question right, Belinda has two weeks to contact us to win a prize of her choice. Let's okay. see what the question is going to be for you, Margaret. Let's see what the question is here. See what we have here. Ah, so uh this year we changed the name of our unofficial um, Cubs convention-style event, and we mm-hmm. gave it a new name. What was the name of the event this year?
2: Unconventional convention.
0: Yes. yes if you wanted? Yes. 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 So,
2: unconventional convention.
0: Yes. The unconventional So thank you. So Belinda, you have two weeks to contact us and get your prize oh, and
2: Belinda, and, um, Belinda has tweets right
0: yes Belinda yes. yeah Belinda. okay good okay um so margaret thank you very much um hopefully I didn't uh bore you to death with my questions
2: <laughs> no you got me got me thinking on some of them
0: good right well thank you for thank you for being a supporter too by the way uh Margaret uh myself and uh all of us Jesse and Jordan and Jake uh whenever we get together we talk about Margaret so Um, Thank you for supporting everything that we do at Mistaken Identity. All right. We'll catch you all on the next episode
1: of Mystic Identity Beyond Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search mistaken identity podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And, of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark.
0: I'm going to go to